Welcome to the Utah Women in Leadership Podcast. We are continuing our new series of podcasts highlighting each of the 18 critical areas of focus that are part of A Bolder Way Forward. I'm Dr. Susan Madsen, the Karen Haight Huntsman Endowed Professor of Leadership at Utah State University and the Founding Director of the Utah Women in Leadership Project. And today I'm here with some of the leaders who are heading up the area and we call them spokes in the wheel of change of domestic violence. First, Sierra Holmes, Programs Director at Fight Against Domestic Violence, and Erin Jemison, Director of Public Policy at the Utah Domestic Violence Coalition. Welcome to both of you. Thank you. Thanks, Susan. I'm excited to be able to talk to you. But first, before I dive into the questions, as an introduction for our listeners, A Bolder Way Forward is a statewide movement that is bringing together businesses, organizations, individuals, communities, and everybody, I say, who are either already doing related work around girls and women or who are ready to lean in into the work, get engaged, and help us make a difference. If we are serious about ensuring that Utah girls and women and their families better thrive, we need to create positive change much faster. A Bolder Way Forward leaders are working together to accomplish bold goals in 18 critical areas that require societal change, and one of these is domestic violence. So let me jump into the questions. Erin, let's start with you. First, please provide our listeners with an overview of the domestic violence spoke. Thanks, Susan. We're really excited to be part of Bolder Way Forward and, and specifically the domestic violence spoke we are really looking at how do we engage the community and tackle what is is really a serious, significant issue in our state. Utah is not unique in that, but domestic violence is affecting every community in Utah. People that you might not expect um, or know about are experiencing some form of fear in their home, feeling like they are being controlled, manipulated. Um, and what we are really trying to to make sure we're doing in this spoke is is that is make sure that there are enough resources for folks to get help as well as those who might be uh, creating harm that they can get help. Make sure that community members know where to refer people uh, when they hear about these issues, and ultimately that we are stopping domestic violence, that we're preventing it before it starts and making sure community members know their role in that. Everybody can play a role. And we hope that when we're looking at uh, domestic violence in five or 10 years, that we see that that violence prevalence decreasing and that we see more community members engaged in stopping it. Thank you so much. And and Erin, just real quick, I mean, for people that don't know a lot about domestic violence, we have high levels and many states have high levels of domestic violence. And it's estimated in the research that we see one in three or one in four, especially women, but still men experience it too. What what are the stats that you rattle off often? Yes, that's exactly it. One in three women. Statistics suggest one in seven men are experiencing this in Utah. It's really hard to know. I think yes. we're just at the just at the beginning of, of recognizing that this can happen to men as well and is happening to men. And once we recognize it, then how do we encourage them to come forward? I think there's a lot of gender stereotypes and um, societal expectations that keep men from coming forward. So I think we're just scratching the surface and how much it's happening to men, but it certainly is. 
Um, but one in three is generally what we see yeah. women who experience it in their lifetime. And that's just some form of, of physical abuse. We know that most of the time, if not all of the time, it's preceded by some form of emotional or psychological abuse. And it's even harder to measure how much that's happening in our state. And we know when we look at the reports that it includes, you know, those statistics include what you said, but there's also financial violence or abuse, uh, spiritual, different kinds of controlling in different ways. So thank you so much. Sierra, anything you wanted to add to that? And then also, I wanted you to talk about the bold goals for your spoke. Specifically, what are you working towards 2026 and 2030? I don't think I really have anything to add to that. But, you know, the end of domestic violence really is such a transformative goal and vision that we have. And, you know, Erin mentioned kind of just lowering the prevalence within those years. So 2026 and 2030. Um, So a lot of our goals kind of center around um, increasing awareness and education because that is how you lead to prevention. But we also, you know, Erin was like, you know, the statistics for men are a little bit off. And that is another one of our goals is to establish a position for someone to really do that data gathering in the state, because that position does not exist currently. We also do have some more quantitative measures. So we're looking to reduce the number of unmet requests by 10% by 2026. And that is measured by the point in time count. So each year, those unmet requests, we're hoping to see kind of go down within the next seven years. It's 2023, so 2030. And then increasing funding by 30% uh, by 2030, which is a huge one because, you know, right now, every partner we're working with, all of the shelters are operating almost in a deficit. And so in order to even move to a preventative measure, we need more funding. And that's what people need to understand is that most of the funding, even the federal funding, which is changing, right? We haven't had big investments till this last year in the, in the state of Utah, but we haven't even really started on prevention yet in the state of Utah. It's just helping, which is critically important, but shifting Sierra and, and Aaron both into that prevention, that's a huge thing. And don't you think most of us want to get to prevention. Any comments? I think it would be great if we were able to kind of start upstream and prevention, yes. like move toward that way. But right now it's like we're just having, you know, after interventions, making sure everybody gets out safely. We're not even able to get up to the preventative measures yet because we're operating, like I said, in a deficit yeah. and essentially just trying to save lives. Yeah. Thank you so much. And Erin, how are you measuring progress? Sierra mentioned a little bit, but it's a bit tricky, isn't it? It really is tricky. One of the things we've been talking about in our spoke is if we start seeing fewer domestic violence victims come forward, does that mean less violence is happening? Or is that actually moving backwards in terms of victims getting help and and coming forward? So we really had to, to think through that. And what we've 
we really looked at that first goal that Sierra mentioned around increasing the capacity of our service providers. There is what she mentioned, a point in time count. That's something that's nationally sponsored, but we get state specific data from that every single year. And one of the measures is how many requests did you get on this particular day? Again, it's just a snapshot. That's why we call it point in time. How many requests for help did you get in that day, service provider A? And um, what? how many were you not able, able to meet? And we're able to compare that year to year. And every service provider in Utah, in terms of the shelter-based organizations, uh, responds and participates in that point-in-time survey. So that's what we're looking at decreasing over time. Um, again, the, the funding piece, we can't decrease that without more resources. That's simply measured by how much yeah. funding the state's providing yes. in, the, in the legislative session and, and creating a new group at the state level. It's already been created. It's just getting off the ground. We have a lot of hope in that group being able to create a plan and help move that funding forward. And then our, most of our um, kind of community member level data is really through the new Boulder Way Forward Survey um, method because we don't have a lot of measures right now around how aware are Utahns of the domestic violence issues in their community? How do, much do they understand emotional abuse versus physical abuse? Do they know where to find resources? Do they know what they can do to proactively make a difference? And so the the new survey that Boulder Way Forward is, is advancing, I think will be incredibly helpful for us to measure uh, those responses and attitudes over time because we just don't have that information right now. Yeah, and a lot of the data for domestic violence and sexual assault some of it's older and we, you know, we've been working on this for a while together, um, but we have to know where we're at. So we're excited about the the survey, um, getting a good response, hopefully across awareness levels, not just everybody that's aware already. Yes. Um, so if you're listening to this, we're going to be doing that every year so we can see some progress there. So I appreciate that. Um, it's important to every kind of data to collect that, right? And and Aaron, you and I have talked about, you know, as people become more aware, are the numbers of calls going to go up? And right. so probably, right? Yeah. So, and I think we do have some national resources. The CDC does some some really good surveying. But as you said, right now, those numbers are pretty old. We hope they do those surveys every 10 years. That will kind of get at more of the, yeah. how much is this really happening? And then we can measure how much, how many of those folks are we seeing come forward. But it's really hard to depend on those national data sources and, and have no control over whether they really come out when they're supposed to. In 10 years, I mean, that's even beyond what we're talking about with Boulder yes. goals. That's slow. So That is very slow. Yeah. So we, we need to find other ways. And I think we are moving forward as a state in data. I love it. So Aaron, Sierra, before I go to you, I'm going to ask Aaron one more question. What other organizations are currently partners and affiliates in the work that you're doing? I know you are already at the Utah Domestic Violence Coalition really look at connecting and collaborating with so many direct service providers, right? And and are I think all of them are are in partners of yours already. Yes, exactly. That is our model as a state coalition to really pull together service providers and advocates who are working with with victims and survivors every single day. So there are 16 shelters in the state and they they don't just provide shelter. They have comprehensive services for victims. They're all part of the coalition and, and part of our spoke. 
We also have other kinds of service providers. So Sierra's organization, Fight Against Domestic Violence, that really helps support the people on the ground working with those victims. We have legal clinics who really focus on domestic and sexual violence. We've got, we're working with them, they're partners in this movement. Um, and then we're we're starting to work with employers. We just launched Utah Employers Against Domestic Violence. I think that's a really great way for for folks who connect with Boulder Way Forward to find other ways. It, it's a training program. It helps employers know how to respond when their folks come forward and how to get them engaged in this movement to, to potentially end domestic violence or eventually end domestic violence. So um, there's a number of ways that folks can connect with us and and work with partners who are who've been doing this work for 20, 30 years in our state and who were really trying to move from that, as as Sierra mentioned, putting the fire out. We need to respond to victims coming forward for help, but move along that spectrum toward prevention. And that's where we really hope that that more partners can engage in that work with us. But that's who who we've been working with for a long time and, and who are doing good work in this in this space. Yeah. But uh, as you said, there's great partners already. But to really shift things, we need, you know, from government to nonprofits to businesses to yeah. families and individual people. So, yeah. so Sierra, like, how can people get involved? I mean, if they belong to organizations, they can help there. But, but what would be your advice? I mean, Erin mentioned a few great points, like the Utah Employers Against Domestic Violence. But um, really getting involved, like we need everybody. You just mentioned like the government, we need individuals, families, everybody. And um, some of the great ways to get involved are at your local domestic violence service provider. The holidays are coming up. Everybody's looking for donations. Everybody's looking for volunteers to help put gifts together. But also, you know, we've talked about these state and federal grants and the way that those come down are, you know, with a lot of guidelines and restrictions as to where that money can be spent. And sometimes that's just not what the shelters are needing. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have time to volunteer, another great way to get involved as an individual is through donations. Um, We talked a lot about that state and federal level funding, but the way that that comes down is through grants that have a lot of guidelines and restrictions as to how they can be spent by the service providers. And sometimes that's not what they need. Sometimes clients need an unrestricted fund or, um, you know, the shelter needs just some repairs. So if you have the money and don't have the time, you can just kind of donate here and there. And that's extremely helpful. And I also think, and and Erin, your job is around public policy, that especially, well, before the session, but during the session, but and after the session, um, sending emails to legislature to talk a little bit more about that. And sometimes those just take moments. Yes, exactly. And we're looking for ways if folks want to contact us through our spoke, I'm sure we'll we'll provide that information at the end. We're looking for more ways to involve community members, survivors, folks who care about people in their lives who maybe have experienced this. I think sometimes that public policy working with legislature can feel intimidating. It's hard to know where to start, how to engage, where you can make a difference. And that's what we're here for. We're really um, here to provide that information, step-by-step guidance and help community members know where to engage and how to reach out to their individual legislators because 
that's where the that's where we can make a difference. Legislators listen to the to, to people in their communities. That's what they're there to do. They listen to them many times more than us at the state level. And so we really hope people can lean on us to provide that support and assistance for engaging. If they have five minutes, if they have an hour, if they want to be involved in an ongoing way, we can help with that. Yeah. And I know you've got some working groups and different things. So there's so many ways to be involved. I love that. Any quick final thoughts, Sierra? No, I just want to thank you for having me and including us in this work. Of course, like we're very passionate about it and hoping for some real transformative change. Thank you. And Erin, final thoughts. Yeah, we just want everyone to know that they they can make a difference. There's a role for every single one of us. And and we hope that through Boulder Way Forward, we can help highlight those ways and really make change in our state. Thank you so much, uh, Sierra and Erin. Thank you for joining me today on this podcast episode hosted by the Utah Women and Leadership Project at Utah State University in partnership with Utah Public Radio, USU Extension, and the John M. Huntsman School of Business. And thanks to Nick Poroff for his technical support. To learn more... And to get involved, visit the website abolderwayforward.org. And once you're there, you can actually hover and get over to the Domestic Violence Spoke page, where you will see pictures of Erin, Sierra, and our other leads as well. This movement really does require thousands of us, I would say tens of thousands of us working together to create positive change for Utah's girls and women. So please consider joining us. In addition, learn more about the Utah Women and Leadership Project at utwomen.org. Thank you.